Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This story is from my past and happened about 32 years ago in East Texas. My mum and dad divorced when I was 16 years old and my brothers and I lived with my mum. My dad visited us once in a while, but not really on a consistent basis. He was a gambler, one of the reasons my parents split up in the first place, and tended not to come around when he was broke. But on the rare occasion that he won big, he would visit and spend money on us and then disappear again. My dad said that he had a job as a shuttle driver for a local hotel. He told my brothers and me that the shuttle driving was just a cover, that he actually worked for organized crime, which he claimed owned the hotel or something. He said that his real job was to drive out to various places in the area to pick up fugitives running from warrants, or otherwise wanted by law enforcement, bring them to the hotel to hide, and then later they would move on by means my dad said that he didn't know about. Now, my dad was always a blowhard and always exaggerating or out and out lying, so my brothers and I just sort of blew it off and didn't think much of the claim. Until something strange happened. My dad, he disappeared. It was 1988 and I was 22 years old and a college student still living at home. I worked as a full-time disc jockey on the overnight shift, 10pm to 7am at a local radio station. My middle brother was 19 years old, lived in an apartment with a friend and worked at a nearby Dairy Queen. My youngest brother was 9 and lived at home. Now one day, my brother called my mum and me and asked us if we knew where my dad was. And he says that some men apparently came to the Dairy Queen while he was at work and asked him if he'd seen my dad recently. My brother truthfully told them too that he hadn't seen or heard from my dad in months and that he just often does that, cuts off contact for months at a time. My brother said that these men didn't say who they were but seemed satisfied and then left. My brother wondered if these men or anyone had called to talk to us and ask us where my dad was. But we also had not heard from my dad in months. The following day, my brother says the men returned to his work 
and this time they flashed badges and claimed to be FBI agents. He says that they were very aggressive and demanded that my brother tell them where my dad was. My brother kept insisting truthfully that he didn't know where my dad was, that the last that he heard, he worked at a local hotel as a shuttle driver. But the experience definitely upset him and he called my mum and me again. Upset, my mum called the hotel where my dad worked. The man that she spoke to said that my dad had disappeared weeks ago and he had no idea where he went. The following day, my brother was at work when his roommate called and said that someone had apparently been in their apartment. The roommate claimed that when he got home from work, he found the sliding glass door open and the place was completely ransacked, but nothing appeared to be missing. My brother, very upset obviously, went to his apartment and found that, in fact, his address book was missing from the breakfast nook and also a teddy bear that he recently bought for his son and a photo of his son too were missing from his bedroom. Now, my brother and my mum and I were pretty much beside ourselves with anger and fear and paranoia, so we went to the local FBI office to complain that the FBI had done this, and to tell them, once and for all, my brother does not know where my dad is. Well, as you may have guessed, the FBI claimed no knowledge of the event and claimed that they were not looking for my dad. They also said that none of their agents had contacted my brother. Furthermore, when my mother told them my dad had claimed that he worked for organized crime, the FBI would neither confirm nor deny that the hotel had ties to organized crime or that there was an investigation going on. My mum called the hotel again and told the manager that men were looking for my dad, that they were terrorizing my brother, and flat out asked the guy if there was any truth to my dad's claim to be working for organized crime. The man laughed and told her, Lady, there's no such thing as the mafia, okay? While we were trying to make sense of all of these weird details, we kept wondering why my brother was being harassed, but not my mother or me. And that was when I was reminded of a really weird event that happened to me about two or three weeks prior. Because I worked overnight, I was often wide awake in the middle of the night on my days off with nothing to do. One night, I went to the local cable TV company where my friend worked as a computer system operator just to hang out with him for a few hours and BS a little bit. And at about 3.30 in the morning, I think, he had a big computer job to do, so it was pretty much time for me to go home, so I left. As soon as I pulled out from his company's driveway, though, a car was immediately behind me, sort of tailgating me. I mean... He was on me so quickly it scared the crap out of me, in fact. The car just seemed to appear out of nowhere. He also had his high beams on and was blinding me, and I couldn't make out anything about the car behind me. I couldn't see inside to see how many people were in the car, or what they looked like, or pretty much anything. I couldn't even see what kind of car it was, in fact. So I changed lanes to let the tailgater pass, but he changed lanes with me. I moved again and he moved again. He was tailgating me and blinding me and now seemed to be following me too. I stopped at the intersection and I got in the left turning lane with my signal on and he got behind me again. 
Since there was no other traffic at all anywhere around, when the light changed, I zoomed across the intersection, streaked across all the lanes of the traffic into the far right lane, and went through the intersection, trying to lose him. And he followed me. Now, though, it was absolutely clear that he was for sure following me. I cut into the nearby neighborhood and tried to lose him, but he kept following me anyway. I finally managed to zoom back out to the intersection and I crossed over and went to the 7-Eleven at the corner and jumped out and ran inside and yelled at the clerk that somebody was following me. As I did, I saw the car that was following me cut through the parking lot of the 7-Eleven and for the first time I finally got a good look at the car. It was a a late model tan coloured four-door and there were two white guys in it. The clerk just blew me off and said that I was exaggerating that it was probably just kids messing with me and to let it go. I left, but I was very spooked by it and didn't want to go straight home for that reason. I was afraid that they might follow me and I didn't want them to know where I lived, so I just went back to my workplace. I knew that the disc jockey on the air that night would be my friend Paula, so I decided to go and visit her on the air for a little while and hang out and calm down. I told her what happened and hung out for about two hours. She also felt like it was probably just some punks being jerks or something and that honestly calmed me down a bit. But when I got home, now over two hours since the car harassed me, that same car was now at my house. As I was coming down the street to my apartments and about to turn right, I saw the damn car pull out of my apartments and as it passed me, these guys flashed their high beams on and off at me again. It definitely was them too. I panicked and I called Paula at the radio station and told her what happened. She was freaked too. She was like, oh my goodness, why would they wait for you at your home? Who is this? Call the police quickly. I was freaked out as to how they could possibly know where I lived in the first place, why they would wait for two hours for me, And then, when they finally saw me, flashed their lights at me and just leave. I mean, why would people do that? But now, remembering that event and putting it together with my brother's FBI visit and apartment break-in, it seemed obvious that all of this was tied together. I hadn't thought about it before, but now I remembered. My car was actually my dad's car. He gave it to me about two months earlier when he got a new one, so... If someone had been looking for my dad, they might have thought that I was him and when they saw me coming home, realized that I'm not him and then they just left. But who was messing with us and why? Where was my dad? Why are these strange people harassing us? My mum and my brother and I went to the local police station and we filed a missing persons report and a complaint too. We spoke to a very nice detective And about five days later, we got a call from that detective, because he had apparently solved the whole strange case. It turns out that my dad disappeared because he apparently owed his employers more than $50,000 in gambling debts. The detective confirmed that my dad did work for some unsavory characters, as he put it, but said that they weren't organized crime per se. He had no idea if my dad was shuttling fugitives or not, but he said that my dad was hiding out in Nevada somewhere and that he had spoken to him and he was alive and well but in hiding. We asked though then, 
who the heck were those men and why were they bothering my brother like that? The detective explained that it's not that uncommon for unsavory bounty hunters and debt collectors to impersonate law enforcement and call and even harass people at times. My brother asked how did they get into his apartment. The detective said that a sliding glass door is actually pretty easy to open and they probably stole the address book hoping that it had my dad's contact information in it. They stole the teddy bear and the pictures to use to scare my brother, which obviously worked. I asked the detective why the men only harassed my brother and not my mum and me. The detective then said, because my dad had apparently used my brother as a reference on his job application at the hotel, and gave my brother's address and phone number. The FBI agents probably figured that he was close to my dad and either maintained contact with him or, if threatened, would at least contact him. So, in the end, my dad eventually turned back up in town and acted like nothing had ever happened. He never actually spoke of the incident and we never brought it back up. I guess that he got the money that he owed back to them, but to be honest, I, I don't know for sure. But anyway... That's my story, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I was camping in the middle of nowhere in Washington near Mount Rainier. Like, not an official campground, just way out in the forest where I wouldn't have expected another human for miles. One night, I wake up and hear something, open my tent and... There is a guy sitting by where my fire had been, right outside of my tent. Nothing particularly noteworthy about the guy, just a fairly regular looking dude just sitting there a couple of feet from my tent. No bag or pack or anything with him, just a guy. He saw me open my tent, his eyes got huge like he had just seen a ghost, and he took off. It shook me up pretty badly, but... Over the next day, I managed to put it out of my mind fairly well after writing it off as just some odd occurrence and a guy that was probably high or something and had somehow managed to set up a camp coincidentally not far from mine. Then, two days after that, and 10 or 15 miles away in a totally random direction that nobody could take the same path as on accident, I was sitting by the fire that night and started hearing noises that I got more and more convinced were a person. I called out to them and out of the darkness someone was like, Do you know how to get to Bell's Canyon? I said no, I don't even think that's really a place there. They kept talking from just out of my line of vision. I tried to see them with my flashlight but they yelled, Aim that away! 
and, kind of spooked and not wanting to piss off a potentially crazy person, I did. After like 15 minutes of me being very freaked out, and them talking and asking completely random questions from the darkness, it sounded like the voice had gotten closer, so I shined my light that way again, and it was the same dude who had been outside my tent two nights before. Now, he had to have followed me almost 15 miles over two days because there's just no way he could have just accidentally wound up in the same spot as vast as that wilderness is. There's just no possible way. And as soon as my light hit him again, he took off. I started to chase him this time, but didn't want to get lost in the wilderness, in the dark too, so stopped quickly after probably only 100 or 200 feet. But this one definitely couldn't be written off, because the only way that he could have been in both places is specifically if he was following me. I decided the trip was very over first thing in the morning at this point, and hiked back out over three days, constantly doubling back, trying to throw anyone following off my trail, and occasionally hiding and waiting to see if he would come by following me again. I really can't describe just how terrifying it was to feel like I was being hunted through the woods, and to actually have to brainstorm on things I could do to best avoid potentially being murdered. On the first night of hiking out, twice I had heard what sounded like a person walking circles outside of my tent, but by the time that I mustered the courage to look, nobody was there. On the second night, I could have sworn I heard what I thought was an animal making noises at first in the distance, but slowly decided that it sounded more like a human making animal calls. But it could have actually been an animal. I didn't actually see the guy again at that stage. But it really sounded like a person making howling noises, and I literally almost cried when I finally got back to my car the relief was so strong. To this day, it's probably the most terrifying experience that I've ever had. I have no idea who the guy was or what his intentions were, and no way of getting an explanation, but I really can't articulate just what a terrifying few days it was. This happened in Grindstone, Pennsylvania, back in the 90s. I was probably about eight years old and my brother was about five-ish. We lived on a couple of acres in the country with a farm on one side and your basic farm fencing with a thick forest on the other side. And with growing up in the sticks and dad being an avid hunter, us kids were taught to be aware of our surroundings and wild animals and things like that. Also, we were always taught not to just wander off without telling an adult, not to trust strangers as well and the normal safety stuff that kids are taught. Anyways, as a kid, I always thought the woods were creepy or kind of scary. There was no way in heck as well that I was about to go off into them by myself. Way too many scary movies at this point. So, I was playing outside with my little brother one day and he went into the house. There I was by myself and I heard my mum calling for me. Kimberly, come here. Over here. Come on, Kimmy. This was a little weird to me because... Why would my mum be in the woods right now? I climbed over the fence anyways and started walking towards my mum's voice. Then out of the blue, I felt like I was being watched and got a really bad feeling. I started to wonder how mum got into the woods without going past me. You know, thoughts like that. So I turned and quickly ran back to the house where I found mum at the kitchen table. 
and my brother playing video games in the living room. I then asked her if she called for me and she said no. She asked me why so I told her what happened. This led to us kids being told to stay inside and play for the rest of the day. I'm now in my early 30s and I've asked my mum many times about this incident. She always swears that she never did call for me that day. There's something about this situation though that really just bothers me. I don't know what it is but for some reason my skin always crawls when I think about it. I'm 18, female, and I'm from the UK. This happened in February of 2019. I was 17 at the time. I got set up on a semi-blind date. We had seen some photos of each other by a mutual friend, and his name was Cameron, and he was also 19. Cameron seemed like your typical average guy, maybe a little into video games and anime and stuff, but overall nothing my friend told me about him seemed often anyway. My mutual friend gave us each other's numbers and we texted for a night and decided to meet in a Starbucks the next day since we were both free. I never liked to meet new people this soon but I figured since Cameron knew my friend it couldn't possibly go wrong. But boy, how mistaken I was. So I arrived slightly early, ordered my coffee since I never really like guys to feel that they have to buy for me, then parked up on a seat facing away from the door and pulled out my book. I may be there for uh, 15 minutes just sort of chilling out and I get a text saying that he's here. So I'm like, great, I'm at X table. I feel a presence over my shoulder and I turn my head slightly in acknowledgement. He must be here, I thought. But before I even get the chance to squeak out a hello, his lips latch onto my neck and he starts sucking on my neck. Now... I don't like people touching my neck at the best of times. I'm actually very ticklish there and I get super uncomfortable by people even touching my neck. The few times that I've had massages or hair treatments or whatnot, I've been holding in my discomfort. And he's now latched onto my neck like some sort of a leech. And this man smells just horrendous. Kind of like a dust personified or something. I freak out and elbow his chest to get him the heck off of me. He lets go and looks at me with this weird expression on his face and laughs in sort of deadpan. It's really, really creepy too and I start to become alarmed. I ask him what the heck that was and he just says I thought it was cute. Cute in what world though, right? I uh, try to have some sort of a conversation with him. I'm like, okay, first impressions don't mean anything. Uh, let's try and give him a, a chance, I guess. But he's just creepily staring at my chest and he says, Wow, I didn't know Asians could have boobs like those. I better not let you go. That was a direct quote too. You can't make this stuff up. I'm distinctly uncomfortable, but I don't want to just run away. He's giving me really weird vibes, so I just go into the ladies' bathroom and wait for somebody else to come in. I ask her to help me get out undetected. I don't want this man following me home or something. She of course agrees and she lends me her hat and scarf. It's February in the UK after all. And we come out of the bathroom together and she manages to help sneak out of the back door of the Starbucks without him noticing me. He asked my friend where I went but I told my friend to never mention me again. 
I was too terrified. I know that I probably didn't behave well. I should have just told him that I was leaving, that I'd had enough and I wasn't interested in him, but I was honestly just sort of scared. But a few people are asking about this friend, and the friend told me off for leaving without telling Cameron, saying that I was horrible and should have given him a chance. So I just ended up unfriending him too. Can't be having people like that in your life, right? And I also just want to let everyone know that yes, I'm actually okay. It's been over a year since I've even had a glimpse of Cameron, so thanks for anyone who may be concerned, but I'm doing okay. We all need a good Samaritan from here and there sometimes, so if you do see somebody in need, like I was that day, then please make sure to act like that lady and help a girl or even a guy perhaps out. It was around 6pm on a main road. It was winter time so it was already dark out. I was just walking my dog and was listening to music. I'm a 22 year old female with a tiny 20 pound dog. As I was walking though I saw a car park down a small side road out of the light cast by the street lamps. It was a silver minivan. All I could see was a shadow in the driver's seat. I kept walking but I had my eye on this minivan because it was sort of in a weird spot. The minivan eventually started to creep up on me though, so I picked up my pace. The minivan eventually pulled over next to me and there was a man in the driver's seat. He asked me, Hey, excuse me, could you please help me with something? And at this, I just started to run away. I turned back and I saw that he had actually thrown his door open and started to run after me. When he got to the other side of the van, I could see that his pants were around his ankles and he was trying to run after me with his pants sort of down. He screams to me that he was going to kill me. I ran up to the nearest house and he pulled off. I left my dog at the door at the person's house and sprinted after this van. I wrote down the make, the model and the license plate on my phone and I immediately called the police. He actually ended up being caught and arrested 30 minutes later in a parking lot with his pants still down. And perhaps the creepiest part is that they found several weapons and other tools in his car, like duct tape, zip ties, hammers, saws, you name it. It was in there. This happened about uh, maybe 11 months ago when me and my wife got married in June. I will never be so grateful that I have a habit of locking doors. So our wedding day was coming to an end. Family and friends were slowly starting to depart as me and my wife Diana took pictures and chatted with some of the guests who stayed a little longer and were just having a good time. It was a great day too and a lot of fond memories were made but what was least expected is what happened that night as we were on our way to our honeymoon. As me and Diana said goodbye to the last of the guests, 9pm, we got in the car and we headed home. We had our bags packed prior to the wedding day for Cancun and we were ready to go. I live in WA and we were in a bit of a hurry because instead of flying out from the Seattle airport in SeaTac, like normal people do, it was a lot cheaper for us to drive up north to Canada and fly out from the Canadian airport. Also, me and my wife thought that it'd be fun to have a sort of little road trip to Canada and then fly out from Canada to Cancun. 
Plus, it was only a three and a half hour drive for us and cheaper too, so we headed out. 12am. We had a great time too, just driving and blasting music, talking about Cancun and just being excited about the new next chapter in our lives. Diana slowly started to fall asleep, being exhausted from the wedding and whatnot. We were halfway to Canada. At this point too, we were no longer in the city area, but more a, a wooded area with fewer cars and fewer people the more that we drove, practically seeing no one on the road. By that time it was around 3am, we had some extra time on our hands and I was starting to fall asleep too, so I just sort of pulled over to a gas station to get some Red Bull to keep me awake and whatnot. I pulled into the gas station that was completely empty and parked the car to see Diana asleep. I told her that I'm taking the keys and that I would lock her inside and that I would be right back. I'm not sure if she could hear me, but she kind of motioned her hand around like people normally do when they're just too tired to care. I came back around six minutes later to find my wife shaking and crying. I was confused and freaking out a bit because I wasn't sure why she was crying. She couldn't even get words out at first. But later, once she calmed down, she told me this. So apparently, she did hear me when I told her that I'd take the keys and be right back. And as she was sleeping, she was woken by a tapping on the driver's side window. Being too tired to get up though, or even open her eyes, she lazily went for the unlock button on the passenger side of the door, assuming that it was me. As she was going for it though, she just sort of froze and a thought passed her mind. Then she remembered, didn't he say that he had his keys? Why would he need me to unlock the door for him? That's when she heard a woman's voice mumbling from the driver's side. She turned herself around to look at the window and she saw a woman. Long black hair with wide eyes and a sort of crooked smile on her face. She couldn't really hear what she was saying at first, but then as she listened closely, she could hear it. She kept repeating in a sort of mumbled tone, Are you tired? Just over and over. She really freaked out and told the woman to just leave her alone. The woman allegedly laughed and told my wife that she was tired too. The woman never took her eyes off of her and tried the door handle at one point. At this point too, my wife was close to tears and attempted to call me, but as she did, she heard what sounded like a phone buzz and realized that I had left my phone in the car. Out of options now, my wife started to honk the horn trying to scare off the woman while also maybe getting my attention. The woman still had her gaze on her and started mumbling more while laughing and trying the door handle again. Then, she mentioned something about someone named Sarah and asked my wife if she knew her. After a few more minutes of this mumbling, she eventually left and to my wife's word, the minute that she left, I came out of the gas station. So, my wife broke down. I still don't know how I didn't hear the honking of the car and I still feel bad for leaving my phone in the car like that. My wife has also added that one of the creepier things about that woman is that she didn't look homeless or dirty or anything. In fact, she looked completely normal and well-kept. My wife said that she'll never forget the woman's wide eyes and the gaze that she had on her with that smile. It also chills me to think what would have happened if my wife never realized that I had the keys or if she never had heard me about locking her inside and opened the door while faced the other way or something. I don't know what those women's intentions were, but if I couldn't hear the honk of the horn, then 
I'm definitely sure that there's no way that I would have heard screams. This happened to my mom about a year ago while she was visiting me. I woke up to get a drink around 4am one night. My mom works third shift so she was still awake and I decided to hang out with her. She told me that she had just got back from the 24-7. When my mum was on her way back from the store though, around 3.30am, she could see what looked like a person crawling on the road. She rolled her window down and as she got closer she could hear a woman screeching absolute bloody murder. My mum described her as looking like her jaw was about to unhinge. My mum isn't easily fooled but she wasn't going to just flat out ignore the situation either. She remained in a locked car and yelled out to see if the woman was okay and maybe if she needed the cops. The girl just starts going on about how her parents are after her or something. As the girl is rambling, my mum sees a car coming up from the other direction. My mum yells at her to get out off the road and as she notices the car, she gets up like it's no problem. The car passes and then a guy that seems like her boyfriend appears out of nowhere. He's yelling at the girl like, oh babe, I'm glad you're okay. He's saying just random stuff and trying to get her to go with him. She doesn't seem afraid of him, but just as he notices my mum, he's at my mum's window practically instantly. He covered about 20 feet in what seemed like a split second. This whole ordeal was just too strange, so my mum just ended up speeding out of there and once my mum made it back to my house, she called the police. They told her that they'd actually received one or two calls about this already that night and they didn't act too concerned. But as my mum told me this story, it just made my skin crawl. This all happened about a 10 minute walk from my house at most. I've never had any kind of problem in the three years that I've lived here and nothing even close to this has happened since, but it was a, a strange one, that's for sure. To quickly preface my recent experiences, I believe it's important to know a few things. I'm a 27-year-old female. I've lived in my house going on 13 years now. The house belonged to my maternal grandparents and my family moved in originally to help take care of my ill grandmother. She uh, unfortunately passed away three years ago, but we continue to stay to help take care of my grandfather now. My grandfather is the second person to have ever owned this house. The couple previously, they bought it when it was built in the 70s and only stayed for a few years before moving away. The point of all this being that my house does not have any extensive history since my family has no more or less been the only people to ever live here. But I must admit though that I've never really liked living here. We moved in at the end of my sophomore year of high school and since day one, I've always been just uncomfortable. My home is a breeding ground for negativity. To avoid airing out all the details of my family's personal issues though, I'll just say that tension is always high in my house. People are constantly fighting and mental illness runs rampant in my bloodline too. The air is just thick with aggression and suffocating amounts of stress all the time. It's no surprise to me that paranormal stuff happens here. So... It started out with small things like hearing someone call my name when no one had, finding lights turned on when they were off, seeing things in the corner of my eye, 
items going missing and then appearing again suddenly, or feeling a sort of cold chill on the back of my neck, like someone is behind me, but nobody's ever there. Truthfully, I didn't pay too much mind to that stuff. Sure, I found it odd, but not creepy enough to keep me up at night or anything. But then, 2013 happened. I started having these sort of insomnia episodes all of a sudden. I've had bouts of insomnia before, but this was different. It was as if my body just wouldn't let me sleep, like it was waiting for something. It started to be that late in the night, I would also smell something burning. Not like that campfire smell or the aroma of cooking, but like something was actively on fire. The first time I smelt it, I jumped up immediately and ran throughout my whole house to check and make sure that it wasn't burning down with everyone unaware. It's a small single floor home with no basement and only a crawlspace attic, so I got through it pretty quickly, checking every single room. I touched the walls and I touched the ceilings to feel for any heat, but there was nothing. I looked outside to check neighboring houses and our shed, all the while with the intense smell of fire lingering in the air, but... Still, I didn't see anything. But the smell was so strong, I felt like I was choking on it. Until suddenly, after a few minutes, it just disappeared. This continued to happen for weeks straight as well. Every night, the smell would come to me. And every night, I would begin my routine of checking my house again. I got so paranoid, in fact, that something was actually going to be on fire that I wouldn't allow myself to just ignore it. I began doing nightly walks around outside of my house to check every possible place for a fire, but never saw a thing. Now, about two weeks into my nightly walkthroughs, I began to notice these sort of small sparks of light on the ceilings that would follow me through the rooms. The light was like um, a dying sparkler, small bursts of brightness that would travel above my head as I walked. The light didn't appear every night and only manifested when I would smell the fire. The light also would never follow me into my room when I had completed my nightly rounds. But during this time, the frequency of whispers that I would hear during the day and things going missing increased. And then I began to hear like soft sighs and whimpers outside of my window at random times of the day. Not uh, identifiable as an animal or a person, but once again I would check with no discoveries. These activities though weighing heavily on my mental well-being, grew mundane and somewhat predictable. Things, however, grew worse in time when I began seeing the people. The first was the little girl in my kitchen. One night, I headed out to grab myself a snack, and as I turned the corner to step into my dark kitchen, the clear figure of a girl stepped directly in front of me in the doorway. Although there were no recognizable features, I knew straight away that she was a child with long hair and wearing a dress from a silhouette. I'm only 4'10 and she was at least a full foot shorter than me. She approached me so closely and so suddenly that I sort of gasped and I instantly reached for the light switch to my right and not breaking my eye contact with her dark shape, I watched as she vanished right before me when I flicked the light on. Another was the man that stood in the corner of my room. I only really started noticing him after the little girl. For many nights, I kept him in the corner of my eye, never daring to look directly at him. 
He wasn't there every night, though, and he wasn't there all the time. He wasn't there until, well, he was. And he was there until, well, he wasn't. What I mean is that there was just no continuity in his appearances. He was only ever there when I was laying in bed, and always only in the far right corner of my room. Eventually, I got the courage to look directly at him. Once again, no distinguishable features other than a masculine build, roughly 5'10 if I had to guess, and he wore a hat, which was weird. When I'm laying down, my feet are sort of in line with the door to my room directly in front of me, but his body was always angled perpendicular, facing the door rather than me. And although his presence did make me nervous, he never really moved. Truthfully, the only one who terrified me was the man at the end of my bed. He frequented more than this little girl, but less than the man in the corner. But one strange thing too about this one is that I always was able to feel him before I saw him. But looking at him made me dizzy, so I tried my best to keep my eyes closed until I felt like he was gone. He was tall, slender, and most distorted out of them all. He always stayed at the foot of my bed though, but it varied if he was directly in front of me or not. Occasionally he would lean over, sometimes a little, sometimes a lot, but he was always just sort of staring at me. I, uh, I really don't like to think about him. It makes my stomach sink and my chest sort of heavy. But for months in the year of 2013, my nights consisted of variations of all these events. A few times, all three even appeared to me on the same night, and only once did the two men appear to me at the same time, but just as quickly as everything had begun, eventually it just stopped. I didn't see them anymore, I didn't smell the fire or see the lights on my ceiling, I always have and probably always will hear the whispers though, but it's obviously 2020 now, and my life has changed well, a lot since then. I put myself through many years of college, I established my career, got a great job, and I've been saving for my future. But something has changed over the last two months. You see, during this pandemic I've been laid off and have spent the last month and a half almost entirely at home. About three weeks ago, I saw this little girl again, but this time she was in the reflection of the mirror at the end of my hallway. The mirror is floor to ceiling in length, and although it was during the day, the hallway was dark. And she was just sort of standing behind me in the reflection, but when I turned around, she obviously wasn't there. Twice last week too, a cool shiver was running down the length of my spine, and it woke me instantly from my sleep. Occasionally, I'll feel this presence at the nape of my neck when I walk through my house, and just three nights ago... I saw him again. When I sensed him at first, I thought that I was going to pass out. My stomach turned and my vision blurred again. When I finally allowed myself to look, there he was. Only this time, not at the end of my bed where I thought that he was going to be, but on the side of me, and this time, a lot closer. I uh, honestly wanted to cry so badly, but was so frightened that I could only really hold my breath for what seemed like an eternity. And when I had felt that he was gone, I quickly rushed to turn my lights on, and again, there was nobody there. I'm 
filled with nothing but dread and anxiety. Every night since then I sleep with my lights on, and even though I'm doing everything in my power not to see them again, I just can't help but notice when they're around. I don't know why they came to me last time, and I don't know why they're coming to me now, but most importantly, I don't know how to make it stop. Do any of you guys have any ideas? G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.